Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Jesus is king. He can be nothing less than king. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. So glad you could be with us. And uh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. You might be listening to this on Christmas Day of all days or uh, a day or two after, but I want to just greet you in the name of Jesus, our King. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today, the kingship of Jesus. We're almost finished with our study in the Gospel of Mark. We're in chapter 15, uh, which goes into Jesus' crucifixion. I want to read to you from Mark's Gospel, the 15th chapter, the first five verses. Early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders and scribes and the whole council immediately held a consultation and binding Jesus, they led him away and delivered him to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, it is as you say. The chief priests began to accuse him harshly. Then Pilate questioned him again, saying, Do you not answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so Pilate was amazed. So let's get the context here. The mob, the religiously incited mob, has gathered Jesus and presented him as a political prize to Pilate knowing that he is always trying to do things to get their cooperation without really compromising Roman rule. And by the way, that's how most governments operate, with religious people, with Christians particularly. They will try to buy our cooperation without really giving us anything in return. That's just a pattern. That doesn't mean everybody in the government's like that. But as a whole, uh, that's almost the good side of history. The bad side is more tyrannical than that. And so they know that Pilate wants to give them a favor. And uh, they've got their political block all worked up and into a frenzy. And Pilate asked him a question. And here's the question Pilate asked him. Are you king of the Jews? Now, before we look at Jesus' answer, let's consider Pilate's question. There were a lot of things that were flying around about Jesus. Can you imagine all the stories that Pilate heard about Jesus, about the miracles, about where he came from, uh, who he hung out with, all the different things uh, he did and who he was? But Pilate goes to the root of, because the thing that was really being conveyed to the government and to the religious people that threatened them both was that Jesus was a king. So Pilate asked him this question, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus affirms that. Now, there are people that say Jesus never answered and and said that he was. Well, of course he did. He answers Pilate right here. What's interesting is that he gives the civil authorities, even though they were not righteous civil authorities, He gives them an answer. Then the chief priests begin to accuse him harshly. In other words, 
It wasn't just a question. It was accusations. There was no question to answer. Jesus was not going to defend himself. So there's a great dichotomy here. Jesus actually answers the civil authority, but he doesn't answer the self-imposed religious authority, mainly because he's not asking questions. He's just making accusations. And the truth is, everything hinged on Jesus being king or not being king. Once that question was answered, then everything else submitted to that. So Jesus was not going to nibble around the edges and discuss certain things of, of washings and dates and baptisms and disciples. Jesus was not going to get into all that with the high priest because they were moot points. Because if Jesus was king, then everything was under his command. And he did not need their permission to do anything because he was indeed king. And he wasn't going to try to prove he was king. He had already done that, I think. It's interesting that even Nathaniel, in uh, I guess it's the first chapter of John, is it John 1, John 2, when he talks about Jesus, right away calls him king. He had a revelation from the Old Testament scriptures. And see, the Jews knew this. Now, we understand they were expecting a, a more of a pontifical king. They were expecting somebody on chariots. Uh, Jesus got a donkey. But they understood completely the concept of a Messiah being king. And so Jesus answered that question. He is king. Here's how I like to say it. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. He can be nothing less than king or Lord. Not only then, but now, not only to the world, but to believers. He is king and he is Lord, and he will not be less than that. He cannot be less than that. Now, notice Pilate's question then to the Jews in verse 9. Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? So in Jesus' mind, or in Pilate's mind, excuse me, Jesus is king of the Jews. He's focusing on the Jews' offense that they don't want a king. Isn't it interesting in Saul's time that they pleaded for a king and God gave them a bad king? Actually, te technically, God gave him the best person he could find to be king. That was Saul, but God didn't want him to have a king. Now God wants them to have a king and they reject a king. And then going down to verse 17, 18, and 19, let me read these. Then the soldiers took him away into the place that is the praetorium, and they called together the whole Roman cohort or guard. They dressed him in purple, and after twisting a crown of thorns, they put it on him. Why did they dress him in purple? Because purple signifies royalty. We know that. So they were mocking his kingship, and they put a crown of thorns on him because a king War crown. So now the crowd, the, the religious fervor has spread to, to the Roman cohort, to the Roman guards. And they begin to acclaim, Hail, King of the Jews. They were mocking him in false worship. And they kept beating his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down and bowing before him, mocking him as a king. Well, that's exactly what the Jews had done. They had pretty much done the same thing in their spirit. They weren't physically able to do it and get away with it, but now they're asking the civil government to do their bidding for them. And in verse 20 says, after they had mocked him 
and took the purple robe off him and put his own garments on him. They led him away to crucify him. I want us to see how clearly this is all about Jesus being king. Quite frankly, people don't care if you talk about Jesus as being a savior or being a healer or being a prophet or being a great teacher because none of those things carry ultimate authority. But when you talk about Jesus being king, those are the things that carry ultimate authority. It's interesting in the American Revolution that the cry of many of the soldiers led by the clergy was no king but Jesus. In other words, they understood that what the king of England was trying to do is really usurp the authority of their free will. So we have to come under the kingship of Jesus. We have to be his faithful servants and his faithful soldiers. Then notice in verse 26, the inscription of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. So they put something over the cross, and what did they call him? They called him the king of the Jews. Jesus is still king. He'll be nothing less than king. That's all he can be. He is the king of kings, of all kings, and he is the Lord of lords. Why did Herod pursue him in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew the second chapter? Because when the wise men went searching for Jesus, they said, we're looking for him who was born king of the Jews. And when Herod heard this, he tried to eliminate Jesus. He tried to eliminate the competition of another king. And ultimately, he didn't have to do that. The the fallen religious leaders did that for him. Jesus was king then. He was king when they crucified him. He was king when he rose from the dead. He's king now. He's king always. Glory to his name forever and ever. Amen. Hey, Merry Christmas season to you. Celebrate Jesus not as a babe, but as a king in Jesus' name. This is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. People aren't bothered by Jesus being a savior, a healer, a prophet, or a great teacher, because none of those things carry ultimate authority. But Jesus being king, that carries ultimate authority. We have to come under the kingship of Jesus. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.